Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined by Adam and Chris, and today we're doing a little something different. We are recording right after the final whistle because we couldn't wait any longer because the frustrations have gotten too large and we needed to vent, and we're hoping you guys want to listen to that, as I'm sure you guys want to vent too. Uh, that's a slight misrepresentation. I think that we're recording so quickly after the whistle because we want to get this over with. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it can be both of those things, too. That's true. Two things can be true. <laughs> very, very fair. And, and uh, if I'm sure everyone listening, as, as we have, were just part of watching that that abysmal game by Everton and just very tough to watch. And, and guys – Let's start off with, I guess, some opening statements. And Adam, we'll go to you first. Just anything you want to get off your chest right now, go for it. Uh, I, as awful as that was, and it was really, really awful. I don't want to hide decent, at least, performances from guys like Adam Lookman and Luca Digne. Uh, Maybe that's about it. Gilfie Sigurdsson had a nice goal. Um, so everyone else, especially the three guys that um, that Marco Silva took off uh, via substitute today, uh, were terrible. And I'm sure we'll talk about all three of those in more detail. Um, everybody else was just, you know, pretty bad. Those three guys were terrible. Dinya, Lookman, and Sigurdsson were, were somewhere between okay and pretty good at times. And, well... In this league, if you got three players who are okay to pretty good and the rest is, you know, is what it is, well, uh, you're not going to win a lot of games. Uh, and Jordan Pickford was fine today as well. Uh, let's not going to do anything about either of those two goals and he made one or two other real nice saves. But, uh, other than that, it's, it's pretty abject. I, I just, I don't understand what Marco Silva is trying to accomplish with this team. And I think that, you know, the individually, as you mentioned, there were some players today with absolute howlers who deserve fully to be called out for their performances, and we'll get to that. But the thing that sticks out to me at the end of games like this, and really there are not many other games this season to compare it to because Sigurdsson's meaningless late goal doesn't really affect my assessment of this game whatsoever. Nope. And it was uh, maybe the worst performance of the season on, on, on balance. And it, while the players were mostly bad, it's like Marco doesn't seem to be doing a good job of putting them in positions to succeed. You know, you have this thing where he's putting out two creative wingers at one time and a forward who can't pass the ball. And, you know, Andre Gomez, as good as he's been most of the year, clearly needs like an international break or just a two weeks vacation or something. And, you know, Marco, for the most part, he uses his same subs every week. It's, you know, it's Walcott or whichever wingers on the bench. It's Calvert-Lewin. It's, uh, if we're down a goal, it's Tosin. If we're up a goal, it's Davis. And he just looks confused. And that's, uh, it's troubling to me. And it's, it's seeping down into the players themselves. And, uh, you know, with Farhad Mashiri looking like he does not want to spend this month, which is certainly his prerogative, you need more ingenuity from the manager. And I'm not optimistic. And I think, I think for me, uh, when you walk away from games like this is, is I don't know what Everton is good at. Uh, most teams in this league, and Southampton is a perfect example, um, 
uh, Everton has more talent than Southampton. And I don't think anybody, I don't even think Southampton fans would, you know, would argue me on that. Um, but, uh, man, they fired Mark Hughes, uh, new manager comes in and he says, okay, what have we got? We've got some massively large humans at center back. We've got some pace up top and we've got a lot of industrious workers in the midfield. So what are we going to do? Uh, we're going to sit deep a lot. Uh, we're going to maybe occasionally use those, those speedy guys to, to press forward, but we're not going to try to linger on the ball a lot. We're going to try to use those pacey players up top and we're going to rely on when we do have to sit deep. We're going to rely on those three enormous center backs to keep crosses from coming in and let the, the midfield three in front of them clear things out. Uh, you know, and, and it works for them. It's clearly worked for them. They're in, they're in good form. Uh, despite the fact that they don't have a ton of what you'd call top end Premier League talent, but they know what they are and it allows them to, in matches like this one, get a job done. And I still don't know what Everton is. I don't know what our calling card is. And I understand that it's a project and that we've been building, but we're halfway through a season now where we've spent a ton of money. We've got all of these players and we still don't know what we're trying to be. And if we were trying to be something and we just weren't there yet, I would tolerate that because it is early in what, you know, what I think we would all admit is a project, but I don't see what we're trying to be. And that's a problem. And uh, your point about Southampton knowing what they are is a good one because you can, uh, the difference was on stark display today uh, between the two teams. And you look at Southampton and how organized they are. And, and I would give anything to play like that at this point, but it, it's almost to me speaks to the, a possible disconnect between Silva and Brands because I think that Brands does know what he wants to do in terms of the type of player he acquires and the cost of the player that he acquires. And once they get into the club, Silva's just like, uh, okay, whatever. Well, I, I think the, the class of player in terms of age and resume and uh, talent, I, I think is matched. But I mean, when you look at, I, I don't know, what's, what's the common thread that, that pulls together, uh, you know, Andre Gomes, uh, Kurt Zuma, Yerry Mina, Lucas Dinier, and, and Richarlison, you know, are the, the major guys that, that they've added, uh, outside of the fact that three of them came from Barcelona. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure what that is. So I'm not sure if uh, I have I, I more think faith in friends had... than Silva on the whole, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what, what you think, you know, the, the thread that, that ties things together is. Uh, the, the main thread outside of a age bracket that I've noticed is they're, they're buying players who are, have been underappreciated elsewhere with probably the exception of Richarlison and also have a pretty strong pedigree, um, in terms of where they came up through and, you know, the places mm-hmm. that they've been in the past. But I don't know, man. The, even the guys who have been good, for us that were bought in the summer, you know, like uh I'm thinking of Gomez and Richarlison, especially they've just really fallen off. I, by the time the match against Millwall rolls around a week from today, Richarlison is not going to have scored in a month because uh his last game was in the second to last or last week of December against his last goal rather against Burnley. Yeah. And it was uh you know, he didn't start that game. It was kind of a, a late cheap one. It was well taken, but I mean, uh, <laughs> the fifth goal in a match that is at four to one isn't necessarily one that you're hanging your hat on. Um, no, and uh, he's just, 
you know, I feel like that uh, Marco kind of, you know, there's the 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 common joke out there that Richarlison is basically Marco Silva's kid. And I think there is a lot of truth to that. But the problem is that it seems like Silva wants to build the attack around Richarlison. And uh, he's not good enough to do that. It's And it's not even necessarily that he's not good enough. It's it's the oh, consistency that, that drives me insane anyway. Because, you know, we sat here last week uh, after the, the win and said, you know, Richarlison didn't score today. But his hold-up play, his his all-around play as a striker – um, was among the best that we'd seen him uh, have at, at since he'd moved to the club and since Silva had moved him to striker. Uh, and today, a little bit of a, a different challenge, obviously, given the size and strength of the, the Southampton back line. Uh, but he just couldn't do anything. He couldn't complete a pass. He couldn't control the ball to, to be able to get the, the wingers up the field. And Well, and that's... that's- that's another thing that's frustrating about Silva, right? Because we've seen Richarlison struggle against these types of center backs before. The second game against Brighton and uh, Duffy mm-hmm. and Dunk, he had a problem. He had a big problem with uh, Tompkins and Sacco at Crystal Palace. So you could look at uh, Vestergaard and Stevens and um, Bednarek today and think ahead of time, yeah, he's going to have an issue with that. Let's start, you know, the tall guy with muscles yeah, in and Calvert-Lewin. Which, again, we... Did talk about yeah. <laughs> last week. Yeah, we exactly. I was just about to bring that point up. But that's something we definitely talked about. And, and in some senses, you know, when you look at games like this, it kind of feels like Silva doesn't, like we've been mentioning, he doesn't really have maybe a plan. It's more of like, okay, what worked last game? Let's use that again. Rather yeah. than looking at the team we're playing next and then basing his game plan off that. Especially yeah. and, with the McCarlison. And if if you're a regular reader of, of Royal Blue Mersey, uh, you see the projected 11 uh, posts that Chris and I work on each week. Um, and we always, when we go back and forth uh, in the preparation to, to writing that post, uh, almost every conversation after a win is the same, where he and I say, well... I think if it was me, I'd want to do X. Um, but we won last week, so Silva's going to play the same lineup. And sure enough, that's that was a conversation that we had this week. You know, we talked about did we want Dom up top? Did we want to see Theo Walcott get a place uh, ahead of of uh, Bernard if he was going to play Richarlison up top? Uh, but at the end, we talked it out and we said, well, but this is Marco Silva. He's going to go back to what he played with last week, and I don't know if that's a good idea. Sure enough, <laughs> it wasn't a great idea. And I think that the guys that that we talked about wanting to maybe see get moved or get pulled were the guys who really struggled today. Because I think Bernard, uh, Richarlison, and Andre Gomes, you know, even if they are average uh, based on what they've been this season, you know, I, I think we're probably looking at 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 least a, a closer. Uh, outcome a closer second half a better second half than um than we ended up seeing i think the mention of bernard there is a good opportunity to um switch to some player of evaluation after yeah. today and uh let's just start with bernard who was uh dog shit yeah yeah i i, 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 I the more the more that i see out of the guy you know he He's kind of got that classic problem of he seems like a really nice person and, you know, his stature and facial expressions make him extremely lovable. I think uh, he's probably best served coming off the bench. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and that's that's his 
his MO is that little bit of trickery, that deceptively quick first step to get around people, um, which is good coming off the bench in the 70th minute. But at his size, at, at the size that he is, you need to be either extraordinarily technically gifted or you need to be an extraordinary uh, decision maker uh, when you're on the ball. And he's not really either. Uh, and it ends with, you know, I, I think that the one that the three of us talked about was that play in the second half where, uh, Everton was, was knocking, knocking on the door, had three or four almost shots and the, the ball came out to Bernard, you know, on, uh, at the left edge of the box and he just dribbled and dribbled and dribbled and then lost the ball, uh, when he had multiple opportunities to just get the ball out of his feet and just do anything with it. And he and Richarlison kind of have that same disease where when they get on the ball, they're just kind of looking down, looking at the ball, trying not to turn it over on the dribble and don't see the options around them. Well, and I think the the nice contrast, the easy one at least, is looking at the opposite wing where Lookman mm-hmm. has that technical technical ability and he does keep his head up to, fi- to find his teammates or get himself out of trouble. And, you know, well, Theo Walcott's had a lot of inconsistency this season, particularly in regards to his finishing, and we've all heard those complaints and talked about them, but we know what Theo Walcott is. And I think yeah. at this point, when you're trying to stabilize the the run of form and just put in some consistent performances, it's better to go with the person who you know what you're going to get out of them. Theo's going to run hard and draw defenders into space and these kinds of things and make room for Sigurdsson to get on the ball and make room for Lookman to make plays. And instead, what we're getting is Bernard getting on the ball and the attack just kind of dies because he keeps his head down and tries to dribble around guys and then ends up with like a three-foot pass back to Denier and we start all over again. Yeah, and and I thought that uh, Theo Walcott off the bench today, you know, for what it's worth, looked pretty good. Um, He... He keeps things simple. Um, he really is kind of in that way, diametrically opposed to Bernard because, you know, the, the couple of plays that he made that, that led to chances today. What were they? Well, they had the, the one chance down the right wing where he worked a real, real quick, real simple one, two with Coleman. Coleman played him the ball. He doinked it over a defender and just let Coleman go chase it to whip across in down the right. And it's simple. Again, he had that other, the other play where he ended up crossing to Coleman from, from left to right, but he, he read the play correctly. He got to the ball. When he got on the ball, he took a touch and he said, all right, I got five guys queuing up for this in the box. I'm just going to doink it to the back post and hope for the best. Yeah, he overhits the cross a little bit, but I mean, if it's Calvert Lewin at the back post in, instead of Coleman, you know, maybe Calvert Lewin's getting on it and at least it's chance. It's something. It, it's, an opportunity to actually get the ball into the box as opposed to waiting for the perfect, you know, that, that inch perfect crosser or pass back or dribble move to get around somebody. And I think that that simplicity, especially with Lookman capable of doing so much on the opposite wing, uh, it is important to have from whatever winger is playing across from him. And I, I think that you guys would probably agree that the one winger right now who definitely needs to be starting next weekend and going forward based on current form is Adam Ola-Lookman. And it's not really yep. that close. No, it's not. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, you know, there's been a lot of rumors about Everton going for in for another winger. I think the big name has been Herving Lozano from the Dutch league. Uh, I, I don't know that it, this club needs a, another wide player, at least not this month. 
Marco Silva just has to be smarter with how he utilizes what he has. And I think that starts with um, Bernard sticking to the bench, Richarlison moving out left. and Or, you know, if Silva is insistent on keeping Richarlison up top, then Walcott has to come in. But something has to change because the attack is just an utter nightmare. And that that statement is true regardless of whether or not Gilfie Sigurdsson pokes in a, a longer shot for in the, at the last minute that doesn't matter. Yeah, and I mean, in that, the last goal, you know, credit to Gilfie because it's a very good shot. Credit to, to Zuma for getting the ball out to him in that little bit of space. But, you know, it's, it's a scramble goal. It's, it's a late game. You know, everybody's up. There are goals that you want to be able to get when you're in tight games, obviously, but, uh, there's nothing representative, uh, from that that makes me feel any better about the attack going forward. No. No. Uh, Gino, can we talk about Andre Gomez now, please? Yes, we can absolutely talk about Andre Gomez now. And, and, you know, I, I think we've touched on it a brief bit and I think him being tired obviously plays a part in this, but is there anything else you guys are seeing out there? Cause he has been, I mean, in the past few games, it's kind of been a regression, but this time it was just a full drop off a hill, like a 10 foot drop down to like the bottom of a pit. Like he was not good at all today. Um, and, and it really, really hurt us and, and largely why he was taken off so early in this one. You know, I, I think that, uh, as, as you said, you know, I think the fatigue probably is, is the biggest factor, but I think that Marco Silva just needs to be careful with his managing of Andre Gomes. You know, this is a guy who we know, um, had issues with his confidence at Barcelona and, you know, had periods where he's openly admitted, you know, he, he was not enjoying his football. Um, and I think that that's just something that the, the not playing well because of fatigue can kind of snowball into those issues with his confidence. And, and Silva needs to be very, very careful that he doesn't take a player with whom he's done a lot of good work to get back to, you know, the peak of his ability earlier in the season and throw that away by continuing to run him into the ground when he's not even being effective anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think, I don't know, I don't know what you guys think. And we've been talking a lot about players now and, and certain players who have been, um, you know, just consistently used in the Bernards, the Gomez, mm-hmm. when maybe they need a rest or maybe they need to be in a little position, a, a little different spot, like the bench uh, and, and coming off the bench. But is it, have we seen enough of Marco play, the Marco Silva's management style? You know, maybe he has a bit of a problem with his man management skills when it comes to Everton team or just his teams in general. I mean, talked about Bernard, we've talked about Richarlison, we've talked about Gomesh, all players who we feel maybe utilized in the wrong spots or, or maybe too tired. And is that a problem that, you know, we should be looking at, um, now that we're this and it, seems to keep coming up in our podcasts. Well, the the problem is the inconsistency, right? Because it, it's to Marco's credit that he's done such a good job getting Andre Gomez back to the performing to his talent level, at least early in the season. It's to Marco's credit that he got Adam Lookman's attitude turned back around and made him into maybe the most impactful attacker on the team right now. It's to Marco's credit that he's you know, turned Richarlison into a forward who's coveted around the world. But his, I don't know, just the the back end of all these issues where he's, now that he turned Andre Gomez around, he's running him into the ground, or now that he can't do anything in attack without Richarlison, it's like, well, does, 
does the good outweigh the bad? I'm not really sure. It's 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 like you start to question whether he sees the same thing. Points. I mean, I mean, if we're able to see this, wouldn't you think like he would be able to see this too? And and maybe it's just because he feels like he doesn't have someone to put in Gomish's position right now that he trusts enough to start the game. But I mean, still at this point, was as poor as he's been in the last few games. Something I give the guy a rest. You got to figure it out. I mean, it, it's been bad. Yeah, and you know, and I think that there we and we've talked about a lot with Gomish in particular, who I think is is the most important of of these guys that we think you know Silva is is using incorrectly or or too frequently. Obviously, Gomish is at the the top of that list. Um, we talked a lot before he he started uh, in the lineup after he got hurt and and when he he came in that there isn't anybody else on the team who can really do the stuff that Andre does well when he is, is healthy and, and in form, uh, which is basically, you know, move the ball forward. Um, so th- there's, there's a bigger problem there uh, without a doubt that, that brands and Silva, you know, if, if they felt that, that that was an issue that they distrusted Morgan Schneiderlin so much in that role that coming into the season, they thought that they needed someone else there. And the guy that they got was a guy who had struggled with his form, struggled with his confidence and hadn't really played regular first team football for a couple of years. Well, that's a different kind of problem too, isn't it? If, if you're, if you really believe as it appears that, that Silva does that there's only one guy on this team who can be a ball progressor in a, a deep lying midfield role. Well, that's a problem. You cannot, if Andre, if Andre Gomes gets hit by a bus tomorrow, what happens? I, you know, uh, well, tomorrow is maybe a bad example because it's still January. If Andre Gomes gets hit, gets hit by a bus on February 1st, what happens the rest of the season? I don't think Marco knows the answer to that. And, and that's, that's a, the fact yeah. that we've gotten to this point and we're still having that discussion, you know, and what happens if, if Barcelona says, you know, too bad, so sad, we're, we're taking him back. Well, n- now, now, you know, and, we can have that conversation in the summer, uh, you know, when when I imagine we'll be more interested in, in adding players and, and building on this project. But if if the situation in that midfield role is truly as dire as it appears Silva thinks it is, well, then there's blame that needs to be going around for having gotten to this point anyway. Um and I, right, because you would th- you would think that back in the summer, let's say you know late July, early August, Marco would have known at this point that he thinks he doesn't have anybody for this. Yeah. So uh, acquiring yeah. only one or managing someone up like Tom Davis or James McCarthy or McCarthy was hurt, but you know what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. this was a problem that was foreseeable before. Now, if the Marco's evaluation of the, these players is what we think it is, yeah, yeah. and. I, and I, I mean, the, the only other guy on on the roster, you know, and I think that that we would probably be the only other guy on the roster who maybe fits into that role is Morgan Schneiderlin, and and Schneiderlin can't even make the bench ahead of Tom Davies at this point. Um, and, and well, I just, yeah. and, and obviously I there's the Benny Benigami issue, which I, think I saw is probably him where you were. Yeah, he is alive. Chris, in the middle of the work week this week, sent me a picture of a screen grab. From an Everton training video where Benny Beningami is actually there, he is alive. Um, so, but either way, you're right. There are there maybe are two guys, but 
again, both guys are so far down Silva's pecking order that they can't even make the 18. Uh, and uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, well, it, it and just, you know, today, today really cried out for Schneiderlin too, as Gomez just was struggling mm-hmm. so hard and really deserved the halftime hook. And I don't think Marco yeah. gave him the halftime hook because he didn't have anybody else to go to. But uh, if Schneiderlin had been on the bench, I would have gone to him immediately because yeah. we were getting absolutely worked in midfield. And I actually thought that Ghana had a pretty decent game defensively. He probably saved things from getting a lot worse than they were. Well, we'll go right to that uh, midfield situation. I think you made a great point there, Chris. You know, when Gomesh is off and can't pass the ball, Ghana is not a good passer of the ball, and Gilfie can't get on the ball, that's our entire midfield right there. And when those players are not playing, one of those players can't advance the ball, that kind of takes that whole part of the game out completely out of it. And, I mean, that's, you know, that's a pretty big game to lose. And we talk about this, I feel like, week in, week out. We need to win the midfield battle, and we should be winning the midfield battle. Um, and today, it was evident that that was the case because of yeah, and 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 that the problems with the midfield today bore themselves out in the numbers. So Michael Keane today attempted seventy passes. Jordan Pickford attempted forty and only completed sixteen of them. So uh, we we by that we can kind of tell that they were trying to look for a different solution, and that's just not Michael Keane's game. And Jordan Pickford shouldn't have that burden on him as good as as good at distributing as he sometimes is. It's just a mess. Yeah, and you know, and that that ultimately plays itself out um, in the possession numbers too. I mean, we outpossessed sixty uh, forty by the end of the game, but it's it's all. It's all defensive third. It's all passes from from uh, Keen to Zuma, Zuma to Dinye, Dinye back to Zuma, Zuma to Keen, Keen to Coleman, and then maybe eventually getting something forward. Um, but it, it was a lot of back passing, a lot of sideways passing, and you know, I, there's nothing wrong with keeping the ball to just kind of have the game in control. But at a certain point, you do obviously have to be able to move it forward. And, you know, yeah. I have to say, I, I thought that Ghana's game passing the ball today was fine. Uh, you know, I, obviously he's not – he didn't wow me with his passing, but it was among the better performances we've seen him have moving the football. Uh, he was and, uh, he was 48 of 54. Yeah, that, that's – I mean, if you could give me 48 of 54 <laughs> from him every week, I'd be doing cartwheels. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the pass map right now, and it is. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of horizontal with a little bit of forward. Most of the stuff that he tried going – that went, went forward were the ones that ultimately he, he missed out on. But uh, he, he – we know that he's not the ball progressor. The, the thing that we're looking for with him on the ball – is can he keep it? Can he keep the ball and get it to someone who is going to be better at moving the ball forward? And frankly, he did a perfectly good job of that today. Uh, you know, and that's when we see teams like PSG lining up for his services, that's the sort of performance that, that they're looking at. One where he's cleaning stuff up in the midfield and then he's looking around and going, all right, who can I make a five to 10 yard pass to who can put the ball forward? You know, uh, at, at Everton, well, sometimes there isn't really an answer to that at PSG yeah. when, you know, when he can be passing it to Julian Draxler or Angel Di Maria or whomever else. Uh, his game 
the quality of his game amplifies even more because then he doesn't even ever have to be attempting the kind of passes that we know he's not going to going to, you know, have a great rate of success with. Yeah, and 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 you said it right there and what you what you were saying, you know, he needs to be the guy that can get the ball to the guys who can progress the ball and mm-hmm. You know, just going back to that, going back to what we've been talking about and what we, I feel like we've talked about almost uh, the past few weeks at least, you know, nobody's been that guy that they've been able to get that ball to, you know, and, and that's where Gomez falling off really hurts the team and, and why, I mean, we know he can do it because he did it when, when, when he first came to the club, he was, you know, fantastic and we were praising him and, and now he's fallen off a bit and it's just like, if he can find that form again, things will be okay again, I think. Um, but his drop in form certainly has hurt us. But moving forward and, and looking, I guess, towards the future and looking past this game and and kind of getting an idea of what we should do from here, what would your guys' be opinions? What's your what would your guys' opinions be on you know the tactics or or the formations or the players that we should be used moving forward um, after another tough loss? Uh, and I believe it's our now sixth loss in the last ten Premier League games. I I would love to see uh in this this match against Millwall coming up next next weekend. So we've got Millwall uh on the 26th, which is next Saturday, and then uh, Huddersfield on the 29th. I don't give a flying fuck about the Huddersfield match because the league situation is what it is at this point. I you know I want to see the best lineup that we've got uh going out at Millwall to to keep us going in the FA Cup. And, and to me, I think it means that you're you're dropping Bernard. You're bringing um, Theo Walcott in, and and maybe if if we're going to continue to have problems working the ball through the midfield, then we've got to have a target up top, and that's it's got to be Dominic Calvert Lewin. If it's if it's me, if I have the option, you know, to to pick the Everton lineup next weekend, I'm going with Dom up top. I'm going at a left, Gilfie center, um, Theo right. I'm probably going to go Morgan Schneiderlin or Benny Beningame next to Idrissa Gay because I just don't think that running Gomez back out, uh, back out there again is is going to do anybody any good. I don't. We haven't talked a whole lot about the the defenders. Um, I didn't think that either Keane nor Zuma were particularly poor today. I think they were great. I didn't think they were poor. If you want to bring in um, Mina for one of those guys, you know, I think that there's an argument that can be made there. Um, but with the rest of the back line, you know obviously remaining the same is what I would want to see. But again, as we've talked about, I just don't have any confidence that Silva will pull Richarlison, will pull Gomesh um, in a situation where I think he needs to both change things up and send a message to those players and all the players that what is happening right now isn't working and it's not acceptable. What I will say, though, is that I was pretty surprised that Richarlison got the hook today when they needed two goals because that has not been a trend at all. And I don't know if Marco was frustrated at Richarlison or if he genuinely thought that was the best tactical move or uh, Richie was just tired or what, but um, that was pretty shocking. I I, I do think that um, the calls for Schneiderlin or Burning Me are a good one. I also wouldn't mind seeing James McCarthy for Andre Gomez um, just because I, I think Millwall's terrible and I feel bad for the guy because Marco said, you know, we're not going to sell him, but they're also not going to use him. And he's kind of stuck in a between a rock and a hard place, but the big thing to me is I think they do need to f- Lookman and Calvert Lewin are musts and Andre Gomez getting a rest is, is a must. And I, Millwall and Huddersfield are bad enough that I, I don't expect Silva would do this, but I would pretty much like to see Gomez get the next 120 minutes just off completely. 
even even 180 minutes, which is what 90 times two is, is is that what you meant? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just assuming we're going into extra time against Milwaukee. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think he should get both the, the next 120 and 180, or even 210 if it goes. Oh, it wouldn't go to added time against no wall. It would go to a replay. Boo! Even oh. your cover is no good. <laughs> and, and, I don't. I don't math, Adam. You know that. <laughs> but yes, no, I agree. I, I would not argue at all um, with with Andre getting getting both those games off next weekend and seeing him back in the lineup uh, the following weekend uh, against Wolves. Totally agreed. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much to argue there. I think we're all in agreement on that. I think we're all in agreement on, you know, the changes we'd like to see Marco make. But, again, it seems to be a theme on this podcast. We talk about things over and over and over again. And it seems like every week we're talking about the same thing because nothing changes. So, hopefully we'll see, you know, a couple players over the next few weeks get some rest and, and some players, some things move around, in the you know, to benefit this team because right now, it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty dire. 61% possession, two shots on target. I hope everybody enjoyed that. Yeah, and one of them I think was like a, a dinky header that just kind of looped over the defense and <laughs> made his way into the goalie sand. So. <laughs> yeah, I think one of them was that actually really nice Sigurdsson header off the Denier cross in the second half, which uh, was probably the most well worked oh, yeah. chance of the day. I don't really remember what the other one was, so not very memorable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely, definitely not, um, not, not enjoyable. But guys, anything you want to say before we close this out and, uh, put this thing to bed? Uh, I, I want to put myself to bed. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that again, I, I want to probably close the same way that we opened that I, as, as abject as this was today, you know, I'm, I'm really encouraged by what we saw from Adam Ola-Lookman. Uh, I've been encouraged on the whole um, by what we've seen from Dominic Calvert-Lewin over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I still maintain that I think the defense, once the midfield gets sorted out and that we can actually not have to have possession so much in our own defensive third, I think the defense is going to be fine. Um, but the the issues progressing the ball and, and with bad turnovers in, in the middle and defensive thirds, that's the stuff that's got to get sorted out. And if they can do that, I think that eventually the attackers will sort themselves because there's enough talent up there. I think the back line's okay. I like Jordan Pickford. Uh, I, I, it's We've just got to figure out how we're going to sort the issues that we've had in the midfield right now. And uh, uh, we've got the personnel such that we can try some different things. And I just hope that Marco's willing to to try them. I, I like how nobody's solution to the midfield problems was uh, was Tom Davis. That was uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if if we're being fair, it's pretty clear to Marco as well that that that's not not the answer. <laughs> not a, you know, well, I, it, the, the, yes, it's not the answer. But uh, it got so bad at one point that I was like, can we just put Tom on for Andre? Because at least uh, Tom can can at least Tom's not tired. He can still run. Yeah, and Tom. <laughs> Nobody's going to pass it past the Tom with the expectation that he's going to be the midfield progressor. Cause I did, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, I 
did have the same thought probably around the 30th minute or so. Oh, God. I panicked and looked at the bench and went, crap, it is Tom and not Morgan on the bench. Crap. And then I had to slowly talk myself into, well, I still think that might be for the best. So. I, I think I think it would have been. I don't know if uh, it would have changed the result at all, but the halftime hook of uh, Andre for Tom would have at least uh, piqued my interest. Yeah. We, we can we can cut this off soon because I, I, I need to drink and sleep and, you know, cry a little bit. But um, I do. <laughs> I do have one other question for you guys, and is that is does does today's performance kind of change your perspective on this month's transfer market? Do should, is there any reason that Everton need to go out and open up the checkbook and force a deal through, or do you think that the the situation is such with the league table that it's still okay to leave it alone? I yeah, think I, it, go, go ahead, ahead Gino. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's still okay to just kind of leave it alone. I mean, because with the way the league table is right now, I mean. I don't know if there's one transfer that's really going to make a huge difference and we're going to overpay for somebody. And I think right now, you know, focus on the FA Cup and just see where things take us the rest of the season and worry about next season, I guess. I think I think at the current state, you know, there's not much else we can do. Yeah, and I, I, I tend to agree. You know, I think that the 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 thing that, like we've talked about, we've got the personnel – in the attack and the personnel in defense that even as guys ebb and flow, uh, we should have the options available to to always have another guy to pull in at, at those positions, at least at, at left back, center back and, and up top. We can have a different conversation about John Joe Kenny potentially another time. Um, but when you look in the midfield, it, I just don't know what, what the solution to having <laughs> really Three different, your best three guys have three different roles and, and you, evidently Marco doesn't feel that anybody can really replace any of those guys, uh, off the bench. And I don't think that any, I don't think that we're going to find a player in a bench role who's going to, uh, improve upon, you know, what we have already on the bench and finding starters in those positions. A, I don't think is something that we necessarily want to do and want to be immediately looking to replace those guys and B even if we do it's it's hard to find guys who are as good a creator as Gilfie as as good a ball winner as uh as Ghana and as good a progressor when Andre is on his game as Andre is and you know the we've obviously seen firsthand how difficult it is to find that sort of guy because we've been doing it for two friggin years now and this is where we are yeah, if Ghana goes to PSG, then the the conversation obviously changes, and I do think yeah. that the midfield is yeah. going to be a serious, the midfield will be a serious concern in the summer. But at this point, you know, I, I put this in my my post match uh, reaction today, which um, didn't really focus on the the specifics of the game, just more of a, a broader look. That Everton are kind of stuck in this purgatory right now, where they're they're not fun and they're not good, but they're also not bad enough to enact any sweeping changes right now, and. I just don't see the need to, to to force anything because long term that doesn't really fix the problem. You just end up with another player to add to the bloated squad size, and who knows whether or not he works out because you didn't have time to to fully scout him, and you may be overpaid because it's January. And I would just leave it alone. We may end up finishing fifteenth, but uh, that's probably better than than the other option. Yeah, I agree with you guys on that, and uh, I think that's that'll. Close things up for today, guys. Thanks for joining as always. Um, enjoy your weekends. 
fans, listeners, enjoy. Do your best to enjoy your weekends as Talk well. To someone you love. <laughs> Tell them it's gonna be okay. I know. This go one. buy go buy a puppy. Um, you know, <laughs> or a lot of beer, or both. Don't give yeah, the puppy the beer yeah. though. Yeah, that that's yeah. Public service announcement: Do not give puppies beers. Uh, and that's what we're gonna leave you with. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's uh, that's where we've gotten to. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week.